Hello there. Welcome to another edition of the CIC Cast. We didn't forget about you. We were just recovering after the uh, the Winter Championship season and and trying to find some interesting things to talk about and some interesting people to talk to. So I think we've uh, managed to do that in another edition of the CIC Cast and actually have a couple hopefully interesting editions uh, coming up in the future as well. May try to sneak them in. Uh, not just bi-weekly. We may uh, may go to a, a once-a-week thing for a couple weeks here as I've got a couple what I think will be interesting conversations in the pipeline. But having said all that, of course, I am Joel Cookson, your host for the CIAC cast, and I am thrilled that you've decided to spend a little time with us downloading uh, the the podcast and uh, talking a little high school sports this week. Had a few uh, different conversations this week, some interesting things to cover, trying to, uh, we are uh, in the heart of the spring sports season, but I didn't want to fully dive into the, uh, you know, this is what's going on in this sport, this is what's going on in that sport kind of thing. Well, there, there will be plenty of time for that, particularly as we get into uh, championship season. So we did a few, uh, did a little bit of that this week as we're going to talk to uh, Derek Turner of uh, Game Time CT. He's going to update us on the, the baseball season a little bit. But we also uh, are going to reach out to John Nash of the Norwalk Hour, and he's going to talk to us about sports photography. Maybe you don't uh, think much about the pictures that you see in your newspapers and on your websites, but uh, John's going to talk to us a little bit about the ins and outs of that uh, process and how all that that all works. So we're looking forward to that conversation. And then we're also going to get in touch with Tim Gaffney of LitchfieldCountySports.com. He's been uh, one of the big uh, advocates in the media for the unified sports programs that we run here at CIAC Sports. So wanted to uh, get in touch with him and see what it is about that program that has kind of so inspired him and, and made him such an ardent supporter of it. So that's what we've got on tap for this edition of the CIC cast. I think it's going to be a good one. Looking forward to talking to all of those gentlemen. They've all been with us before uh, a time or two here on the CIC cast, but covering some some different things this time. So looking forward to, uh, to reaching out to those three gentlemen. So we'll have them coming up shortly here on the CIC cast. In the meantime, as always, we like to start things off with things you might have missed on CIACsports.com. Foremost among them, we had a lot of... CIAC scholar-athlete coverage last week, and actually still hoping to get a new story, one more scholar-athlete story up on CIACsports.com, but you haven't missed it yet because I haven't written it yet. So once that's done, hopefully it will be up. But uh, in the meantime, we did post a list of all 348 scholar-athletes from this weekend, along with uh, a little bit of a walk down memory lane as uh, our scholar-athlete banquet this past weekend. Uh, we honored our 10,000th student athlete in the history of that uh, great program so we reached back and talked to some former scholar athletes and uh, and i think did a hopefully did a decent job uh, kind of offering the great history of that uh, program and and recognizing the incredible uh, student athletes that have that have earned that honor and have gone on to do great things all over the place and uh, and we know this year's scholar athletes will do the same so check out some of the features there that we've did on uh, on the scholar athlete program also got some uh, some fresh linked ups since the last time we did a podcast gosh it's been so long since we've done a podcast I'm looking here at uh, CICsports.com it's been way too long so we've got a lot of uh, of interesting stories there we did a one of our student spotlight section uh, features on uh, Alyssa Rainey of killing High School. Um, hope you'll check that out. Really enjoyed uh, talking to Alyssa and getting some, uh, getting to know her a little bit and, and spotlighting her tremendous career uh, in high school field hockey for Killingly. So you can look that up as well. And of course, it's getting to be that time of year. As I said, Tournament Central. You want to click on that link on CISESports.com. That's got all of your rankings, got all the schedule information that you're going to want. Uh, when the pairings are released, that is where you will find them. 
but we do still have a couple weeks before that's uh, going to all take place. But you want to uh, bookmark that page. And I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, of course, the CIAC Twitter account, uh, CIAC Sports, is, uh, on Twitter. You're going to want to uh, check that out as well. But uh, we have um, – you can sign up for email or text alerts for uh, for schedule changes. Uh, unfortunately, there's been a lot of that here in the spring sports season. It seems like it's been raining for uh, about a week at this point. But you can sign up for uh, to get notified whenever your favorite team changes their schedule. Is that game uh, – you won't have to go and look and find out if that game was postponed or moved or rescheduled. Uh, as soon as they put it in our system, you will be uh, be notified. So that's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing for any season, really, but it's uh, particularly useful, of course, in the spring season when Mother Nature likes to, to mess with us a little bit and uh, and keep things lively. So hopefully you'll uh, take advantage of that as well. And you can sign up for tournament updates. So you'll know the uh, the minute the pairings are released, you'll get uh, weekly or you get daily uh, score updates, all kinds of good stuff. So And you can really tailor that to exactly what you want. So you can find those links uh, either on CICsports.com, look for uh, the updates button at the top of the screen or at tournament central it's over on the right hand corner uh, of the screen so that's just uh, just a few things you might have missed at ciacsports.com we hope you will take a look at all of that uh, lots of good stuff there and as i said hope to have a new uh, n- another scholar athlete story posted will be another linked up tomorrow tomorrow's friday that's linked up day uh whenever i think we're going to get this posted on a thursday afternoon here but, uh, yeah, check it all out. There's always stuff, always new things being posted. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter, at CIAC Sports. There will be links to uh, just about every new thing that we we post. If you uh, search for the hashtag SCHATH16 on Twitter as well, you'll see a lot of great pictures from the Scholar-Athlete Banquet. We uh, hopefully didn't inundate your uh, your timelines too much, but really that Scholar-Athlete Banquet, uh, one of the highlights of the year for us, it, it really is uh, – just honoring some amazing student athletes and, and all that they've been able to do. It, it really is, a, and is a, requires a tremendous amount of work from our, from our staff here, but they do a great job. And like to, of course, thank our, our friends at uh, McDonald's for uh, being our partner for that event all 33 years. This is our 33rd Scholar Athlete Banquet. They've been a wonderful partner for us as well. So you can check that out on Twitter. Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports is another way to uh, keep tabs of what's going on with the CIAC. So all of that said, uh, we also, of course, about, spoke about one of our partners, but uh, our, another one of our partners is a good friends at the uh, Department of Transportation. And they, of course, want to remind you to put your phone away when you are behind the wheel. Park the phone, please. Please do not text or drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they're behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. Certainly don't need to be uh, seeing anything like that. Put As I always say, you know, you've downloaded the CIAC cast, press play on your phone, and then just put it away. Put it in the center console where you can't find it. Put it in your pocket so you won't be tempted. Put it in your purse, whatever, your bag, your computer bag, whatever it is. You don't need to check it. You don't need to t- look. You'll uh, The text will still be there when you get to uh, wherever you're going. So please be safe behind the wheels and, and keep those phones parked away. With all of that said, let's get in touch with our uh, our first guest this week on the CIAC cast. As I mentioned, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, try to We try to give you a little bit of different conversations here on the CIAC cast and investigate some different kind of aspects of high school sports and covering high school sports. And uh, we often talk to writers, but this time we're going to reach out to uh, to gentlemen who, who does a lot of different things. But one of them is photography for the Norwalk Hour. That's John Nash. He's going to talk a little t- about bit 
a little bit. That's what we're trying to say here. He's going to talk a little bit with us about sports photography. We are happy to have with us now uh, John Nash of the Norwalk Hour, who uh, handles a lot of responsibilities there for the uh, for the sports department and uh, has come to us a couple times on the podcast, and we're always happy to have him on. John, thanks for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. You're all great, great to be here. So I wanted to talk to John uh, and, and cover something that we haven't really uh, ever hit on here on our podcast, which I believe now we're in our third year and, and up around our 50th episode. So I thought it would be an interesting time to talk to somebody who, uh, as I mentioned, wears many hats for the, uh, the Norwalk Hour Sports Department. But one of those uh, is the photography end of, uh, of a newspaper or a media outlet and covering, uh, covering high school sports in particular. And uh, John, with his, his Twitter handle of Nikon Nash, I figured would be a... Uh, a good person to reach out to that is certainly understands the, the photography element as well as the, the writing aspect of it. So John, just sort of backing up a little bit, um, you know, kind of what, how did you get into sort of the photography aspect of, of covering high school sports and of media and, uh, and particularly in the, in the area of sports and what was sort of your background for, for anyone who might be interested in that and, and how did you sort of get your way into it? Actually, I, I probably owe it all to my dad. Um, back when I was a high school athlete myself, uh, and we're talking, you know, more than three decades ago, um, he purchased a, a camera and he would take photos of me uh, back when I was having such a such an illustrious junior varsity career up in Maine. <laughs> sure. And after my game, I would grab the camera from his hand and then shoot all my friends playing varsity. So um, he, he's the one who kind of planted the seed in, in terms of my interest in photography. And, and always having an interest in sports, I, much in the way writing was always kind of a hobby. Uh, with my love for sports, I thought, what a great career it would be to, to merge the two. And, for, you know, the, for the first 13 years in journalism, you know, back when newspapers were flourishing, I didn't have to do it all. So all mm-hmm. I had to do was write, and photography was just kind of a hobby. But uh, in this day and age of journalism with staff cuts and, and so many other different things, you know, we kind of have to do it all, and I think I'm just fortunate enough that I've been shooting for so long that I feel like I bring a, a professional style and a professional aspect to my photography as I do my writing. But uh, but it all began just yeah with my with my dad buying that one camera and 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 sharing that hobby with me, and it, it took off from there. So do you feel like it is something that's just kind of, uh, for you anyway, that it was just sort of the, you know, it, it learning as you go and kind of learn from experience of what works and what doesn't and what you're kind of, uh, you know, what you're kind of trying to shoot and trying to find when, you, when you're covering a game? Yeah, yeah very much so. One thing I, I think that, you know, Ansel Adams is, a, is an infamous uh, uh, photographer. Who, you know, he, he has all those prints out there that are post-sized and, and a lot of them are, are scenics and that type of thing. Sure. I don't know if he would be a good sports photographer, even though he's a great photographer, simply because I don't know if he ever played the sports. But one thing that's helped me hugely is, is the anticipation of, of knowing what could happen next. Right. So, so I'm, I'm able to, you know, for, for example, baseball, you know, might be a guy on first and then the guy up to bat. So I'm thinking, okay, where's the action going to be? You know, if there's a ground ball, it's going to be at second base. If there's a stolen base attempt, it's, you know, the, the action is going to be at second base. So, you know, you, you tend to focus in on there and let the play happen in front of you. If I didn't know that, I might be trying to follow the pitcher to the hitters and then, you know, <laughs> excuse me, angling my way to wherever the ball's hit, and, and you're always behind the play that way. So sure. anticipation is a big part of it. And I found that myself being a former athlete and somebody who's, whose life has revolved around sports, 
in, in some manner since the, the third grade. Uh, it's helped me immensely in terms of, of uh, knowing what's next and, and capturing some photos I might not otherwise have got. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting that it's sort of a, and I think that that's probably, I would guess that that's something that, uh, as you say, sort of a more amateur photographer might not, you know, you'd they might be trying to react to, to what happened. And then you're probably, as you say, going to be a little bit uh, behind the uh, the action. So if when you're going to a game, you know, let's just say it's uh, you're looking for, you know, game photos, not something you're shooting for a feature or anything like that. What's your sort of plan? What's your, uh, you know, do you have kind of a, a game plan when you when you go? You just sort of, you know, to to try to say, all right, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna want to get photos, you know, since we were talking baseball, you know, or, or whatever the sport, but you know, I want to make sure I get an action sh- shot of the pitcher in case he's the story, whatever it might be. Do you kind of go in with a specific plan? Do you kind of just let everything unfold and and see what you get? What's do you, do you how do you kind of prepare? Yeah, I mean, in baseball, the first thing you always do is shoot the, the pitcher because, A, he can dominate a game, and that's a great way to tell the story with a photo is, is not only do you get to write about the pitcher who dominated, but you get to show your readers, you know, hey, here's the picture of the kid that dominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and plus in baseball, that's one of those games where sometimes not a lot of things happen yeah. that uh, create good photos. So it's always good to know that a pitcher throwing a ball at, at 80 miles per hour, there's good action in it. You know, good arm action. You know, the ball in midair a lot of times. So, so it's a, a pretty good opportunity to, to get a good action shot. Sure. Um, you know, other sports. What I do is I always try to get that good action shot in the first half. Okay. And then in the second, then in the second half, I always try to maybe you know push myself a little more and say, okay, now I want that really special shot. Right. Um, and in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm always looking for that moment that tells the story. You know, in, in the last second shot, uh, the, the victory celebration or the agony at defeat shot that, that really, uh, you know, sums up uh, what the game was all about. And, that, and that's something that, that I feel helps me a lot as a writer and, and as a photographer is, is that I, I'm able to tell both stories with my words as well as with my photos. Um, again, getting back to small newspaper staffs, a lot of times, staff photographers from any of these newspapers can only maybe stay for a half, or sure. you know, because they have, they have another assignment they have to run out to, so they can't be there for the whole game, and they don't know that 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 Susie scored 25 points or Billy had four touchdowns, so they just give you the best action, and it might be some guy that just made one one catch for seven yards or something like that. And it's a great photo, but it doesn't help you tell the story of what happened in the game, whereas. You know, when I get back to the office, I'm going through my photos, and I'm and right away I'm saying, okay, here's the kid that, that scored 25 points. You've got to get a photo of her in the paper. You know, it's got to be a good photo, but uh, but again, that's, that's telling the story, and that's what we're supposed to do as journalists. Yeah, no, so that's interesting that that's, you know, I would say, or I would guess that that's kind of the, you know, that's the perfect scenario is where you get, you know, some some sort of great standalone action shots, but also have the, you know, the kind of key moments. It, would you say that that's kind of the, you know, if, if you were to, to leave a game or, or get back to the office and say, all right, you know, I really I really did everything I wanted to there, would that kind of be the perfect scenario where you got some, you know, real clear, memorable shots, uh, just, you know, kind of general action shots, but then also have those key moments? Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm a huge, huge uh, proponent of the reaction shot. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, because I'm also taking notes while I'm, I mean, I'm juggling a notebook, my camera, a pen. A lot of times after a play happens, I'll be writing down something and I'll look up and, and not through my lens, but I'll see what would have been a great photo. 
and uh, you know, especially come championship times, those 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 moments where you're capturing you know the, the thrill of victory or or the heartbreak of, of a defeat, you know, a lot of kids don't like to see those types of pictures in the paper because you know it's it's probably the worst moment of their young lives. <laughs> sure. But again, my job as a journalist is to tell the story, and, and what's more, what's more thrilling for a community to see you know one of their one of their own raise that championship trophy with, with such a smile on his face well for that matter the heartbreak of a kid in tears you know bent over crying uh you know they're, they're tough to take but again it's all about telling the story and, and that's what i try to do both with both my words and my images yeah no i think that's uh and i think there's a reason uh one of the, the reasons i got in touch with with john here is uh i think uh you know, for our linked up features, I think maybe if I if I had to count the number of uh, of photos I've used from various outlets, I think John might be in the lead just because it's always a a nice one to uh, to put on the homepage of CICSports.com and uh, and kind of tr- try to draw people in. And I think probably because you have a lot of those as as you call them reaction shots when you're uh, when you're doing you know maybe a feature kind of thing. What how do, how does that how is that different? How do you prepare for that? Whether it's you know you're going to a game knowing you know you're going to be writing about a certain individual or you know maybe some of the ones that that readers are familiar with seeing you know where you kind of have the more you know sort of staged you know photo of of someone that you're doing a feature on what's your how do you kind of prepare what's your game plan with those kinds of shots yeah those are actually i feel those are my weaknesses um just because you're dealing a lot of times with with high school athletes who aren't used to being in front of the camera for pose photos and and I, i i don't have the creativity the artistic mind to say you know, geez, maybe this would be a great photo. Every so often I come up with an idea ahead of time, and, and maybe I have, you know, an hour or so where I can I can develop something. Um, but a lot of times they're what we call just quick hitters. You know, you mm-hmm. get 10 minutes after practice. You yep. pose the kid a couple different ways. You you use the, the rules of photography, the rules of thirds, where, uh, you know, you never send a kid right in the, in the middle of the, of the frame. You have them off the one, you know, one side and, and that type of stuff. So, uh, I, I feel like I get decent, decent, uh, uh, cr- you know, creative uh, profiles or, or portraits, as we call them. But uh, that's definitely not in my wheelhouse. Um, sometimes I know I, it's funny. I was looking through a. Uh, I had to move my desk um, at the office. I'm getting relocated to a different part of the building, and I was going through a uh, uh, all our old newspapers with the Wilton Villager, our weekly newspaper, and I, I came across one where. I had actually gone out to a local, uh, 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 I, I can't remember what the actual store was, but, you know, home goods supplies and that type of thing. Right. And I, I literally borrowed six of the construction helmets <laughs> and took them up to Wilton High School and put them on the, on the heads of uh, six Wilton High School girls players uh, because they were rebuild, rebuilding the program coming off the of state championship season. So right. I think the headline was under construction or something like that, but... <laughs> You know, there were six soccer players in soccer uniforms with soccer balls with construction hats, construction hats on. And, and, you know, I made for a, something different, a cute type of uh, feature photo that, that, again, told the story. You look at it and you see construction hats on kids and you know they're constructing something. In this case, for Wilson, it was, uh, you know, rebuilding a team that uh, had won a state championship. So sometimes you can get cute like that, but it takes a lot of planning and and, and and a lot of help. It's it's tough to do it when you're just one photographer. Yeah, taps the taps the creativity a little bit uh, a little bit more. How many uh, you know? Obviously, and I'm sure it depends on the game and the circumstances, et cetera. But how many shots would you say you take in your your average game? Uh, you know, just game that you're covering, uh, going to write the story and 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 feature a photo. 
see, see this, this is this is where my secret gets destroyed because every, everybody says, "Oh, you're a good sports photographer to get, <laughs> you know, to get the two good fo- photographs that, that that maybe I got in the paper." They're coming from, you know, for an average basketball game, I'm probably taking anywhere from 250 to 350 shots a game. Oh, wow. And, you know, you, you never see the one where the referee steps in front of you at the right <laughs> moment, so all you see is the back of the referee's head. Or, right. Or, the, you know, the out-of-focus shots because the kids are moving too fast and, and I'm getting old and can't keep up, you know, that type of thing. So, But, uh, but depending on the sport and depending on the weather, uh, you know, in, on, a, on a rainy day, I don't like to keep my camera gear exposed, uh, you know, too much. Sure. Um, so once, and thank God in this day of uh, digital cameras, you can look at the back of, of your camera and know when you have a couple good shots, so you can put the camera away after that. But, yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, anywhere from, you know, the average uh, basketball games, you know, 250 shots easily uh, to a football game, probably the same thing. Um, soccer, I could probably shoot up to 400 just because, you know, I'm shooting six frames a second and there's a lot of action going on. Right. But, uh, uh, but that's also a lot of photos that you have to go through when you go back to the office and it can be time consuming as well. So I, I try to limit it to probably 250 a game. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's been well worth it. Uh, and I'm sure the, the readers of the, the Norwalk hour would agree with me. So, uh, John, we appreciate it. Like I said, you know, an, an aspect of, uh, of high school sports and, and covering high school sports that maybe our fans and readers don't uh, don't spend a lot of time thinking about. They just kind of see those great photos and uh, and appreciate them, hopefully. But uh, wanted to kind of drop the lens, uh, so to speak, or, or you know, go behind the curtain a little bit and, and get your perspective. So we uh, we appreciate all the work that you put in on it and uh, and appreciate you taking a little time to uh, to tell us a little bit about it. Thanks. No, it's my pleasure. And anytime, I'll be more than happy to join you again. Thanks so much to John for being with us. Really enjoyed that, uh, talking a little bit about the sort of ins and outs and, and what goes into to seeing all those great pictures, as I said, that you'll see in your local newspaper or online. You know, a lot of times now you'll your newspaper photographers, they'll take, as John said, about those 250 pictures. They're probably not putting all of those up, but uh, usually a large photo gallery for larger events, and uh, you can order order prints and things like that. So those folks do a lot of hard work. They really, really are dedicated to, uh, to helping, as he said, bring you the story uh, from the game, from the competition, and, uh, and give you a great keepsake. I was going through my mom, who saves everything, uh, sent me recently an envelope full of newspaper clippings from my, my very, very limited high school sports career, and uh, my wife was delighted to see all the photos from, uh, from the old newspaper clippings that uh, see how ridiculous I looked as a high school junior and senior when I was able to, uh, to get myself on the field. But, uh, you know, those, those pictures, they're, they're great keepsakes and, and great things. So check out all of the good work that those your high school sports photographers are doing for your media outlets. They really uh, they put in a lot of work. It's not an easy job. It, it really is not. But uh, all that said, now let's move on. As I said, we're going to talk to uh, Tim Gaffney from LitchfieldCountySports.com. He's going to offer some thoughts on a variety of topics, I think, for us, including uh, unified sports and what else is happening in his neck of the woods up in Litchfield County. Very happy to be joined on the phone now by Tim Gaffney of LitchfieldCountySports.com, who does such a great job keeping tabs on uh, all the goings-on at the high school level at uh, in Litchfield County with his staff. Tim, thanks as always for being with us. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Wanted to uh, to reach out to Tim for a variety of reasons, but uh, one thing that I really wanted to chat with him about, he's been doing a lot of coverage and writing a lot of stories uh, lately about the Unified Sports Program, and uh, which certainly is 
is one of the things that we're maybe most proud of here at the CIAC. So I wanted to kind of get his perspective uh, as a sports writer and as someone who, who obviously has great relationships with some of the, the high schools and, uh, and teams up in his area. So, Tim, just kind of looking at the Unified Sports uh, Project and, and, uh, and programs, how did it kind of come to you and, and what did you have you sort of seen and learned as you've followed along, uh, you know, from the from the media perspective, kind of getting to know and understand the unified program a little bit? Well, what I definitely figured out pretty quickly is that if you want to smile and you want to have a great day to go to a unified uh, sporting event, uh, Jerry Carbone, former uh, Torrington head baseball coach and R.J. Ponatowski, who runs our American Legion here, in Torrington were tasked by, tasked by uh, Athletic Director Mike McKenna to start the program in Torrington. Mm-hmm. Uh, up and running very quickly at a basketball event that I went to, went to an outdoor you know, soccer event. And actually, one very unique thing that I actually forgot was that when the, uh, the Torrington uh, created a, you know, got a brand new $3 million track and turf facility at the high school, and the first event that Torrington had on it was the unified kids going out to practice playing soccer. So nice. you want to talk about double smiles. Now you're on a brand-new turf field um, and the rest of it. And what I noticed pretty quickly was both the, the unified athletes and then also the student athletes, each of them seemed to get as much out of it as the other. Some of the best athletes that we have here in Torrington, I noticed, were you know, becoming the partners, Dom Savia, uh, you know, who has some hopes for uh, Division One in, in baseball, and uh, Carissa Carbone also has the same roots in, in volleyball and in softball. Um, they loved it. They just got, they just dove right into it with, with helping, uh, you know, these kids. And Torrington had an NBL event this past winter, had a, a basketball event attended by six teams, you know, had a pretty good crowd, put a couple of, you know, bleacher and a half down at Torrington, which is a, uh, which is a good thing for mm-hmm. folks to uh, enjoy it. Had referees volunteer their time, and the refs at the same time just got an absolute blast. I'll go on the court with the kids and kind of get some videos up close and personal and the rest of it. And, you know, they love their moment in the sun. And, you know, the greatest thing, I think, that I see, Joel, is when, you know, yeah, it's a little competitive sometimes, but most times it's just they want to see the joy of the kid making a basket, the kid scoring a goal, the kid you know, making a strike in, in bowling and the rest of it. Just yeah. the absolute um, joy that comes from that. And kudos to you guys for starting this. I didn't realize you'd done it for 13 years because I pretty much had just been involved for the last, uh, the last three. Um, at halftime up at Mohegan Sun, you know, this winter when you guys had, I know during the Thomaston game that we were at with Canton, the Unified Kids came out. And I had never seen more media members stay seated than I did that day, because for me, I'm never leaving if I know there's a unified sport, something going on in front of me. Um, but I saw a lot more of my comrades who probably didn't know that much about it kind of really see what it's all about. So, you know, kudos to you guys in this banquet that you had. I mean, you walk in, there's 92 tables at the AquaTurf. I didn't know where the heck I was. <laughs> um, you know, and just, uh, you know, your numbers, 42 middle school athletes, you know, honor 21 different schools. 61 high schools, 122 kids honored. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. And you know, we mentioned Carissa Carbone, her essay, um, you know, won you know first prize with you on the high school level. But I have to compliment also the young lady who won for the middle school because you know she went up there and did an absolutely terrific job. That was Melanie Sachs from uh, Francis Walsh Immediate School in Brantford. I mean, she blew everybody away. Yeah. You know, with just how much it meant to her to be part of uh, this program. And I think the, how they related to it was amazing. 
Yeah, no, I know it. that's uh, and and you know it's we we talk about it. And I know you've talked to to some of the the Torrington athletes, some of the helpers. You know, I, I think everyone maybe who isn't as familiar with the program, you know, thinks, oh, this is such a wonderful thing for the for the special needs population, and it certainly is. But I think the the thing that I know you found and and we found is is that the helpers get just as much out of it, and you know, it's it's just as great an experience for them maybe as it is for the the special needs population. And you know, uh, in, you know, Carissa's case in her essay, she wrote so well that you know she lost her mother, you know, in November, and she was kind of struggling with it. But when her helper, uh, where her special needs kid, uh, Mackenzie, wasn't really on board with what was happening in her life, so she treated her normally. She mm-hmm. treated her like nothing was wrong, and Carissa loved that because of the fact that. It kind of let her be normal. All the rest of us are walking on eggshells. You know what I mean? Something bad has happened, so you're kind of wondering what you have to say. In her case, she said it was a a beam of light for her because Mackenzie was just being Mackenzie, you know, with with Carissa. And also on the high school level, I think it has helped with uh, bullying, you know, kind of backing it off a little bit because, let's face it, a lot of times it was the special needs kids who would be picked on in high school, so I think in this case now, they're not afraid to go up to the athlete, give a high five, and I think it's been a great lesson, as you said, for uh, you know for both. So trust me, if you got a unified event coming on, I'm there for you, brother. We appreciate it. No, we really, it's, uh, you know, I, I've said, and obviously everybody, we love our tournaments and, and crowning champions, but I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue that the, the unified sports program is, is the best thing that we do. Uh, you know, it, it really, I, I think, has, uh, yep. has, changed, uh, has changed so many kids' lives and, and and you know has changed at high school so we really are are very proud of the work that all those folks do here and uh and and we hope that it keeps growing and uh you know we're trying to get schools to sort of and and get leagues involved to sort of start scheduling you know some more regular season type schedules you know get uh, get a couple schools from the nvl to to play each other in regular season kind of competition along with sort of the big tournament events that uh, that we sponsor so that's that's kind and of the goal and uh, and you know let's let's get it looking a little bit more like your sort of traditional athletics program right and i think once you get people there and you get a school there and they see a that it's really organized like i saw the nbl tournament that torrington run i mean they had a timer they had clocks they had officials they had everything so mm-hmm. it was wow okay this is not just everybody running around shooting this is we're going to be a little bit organized and I, I love always when you get, you know, a young person who might have to take, you know, a unified kid who might take three or four shots to make it. You're waiting until he or she makes that shot, right. and then the place goes nuts. You know what I mean? And you just want them to have that really special, uh, you know, feeling. And that's where, you know, like I say, I think it's, uh, it's tremendous what you did. I mean, and at your banquet, you know, when you had uh, Mr. Uh, Ian Hockley, you know, show up, obviously his son being lost at, uh, at Sandy Hook. Um, Dylan's wings of change when each of those kids got uh, a butterfly pin afterwards. I mean, talk about being um, extreme, you know, and talk about the, the, you know, you got a little chill, you know, and that went on where this, you know, this man and this family through tragedy has been able to um, kind of spread the, the word about what was so special about his son to people who were trying to do the right thing in your case and also with the helpers and with uh, the unified athletes so great job all around yeah no it's uh like I, i've said i've written before you know you, you rarely get kind of unqualified successes and uh i think the unified sports has been that so we're uh we're thrilled and, and certainly love seeing you uh try to spread the good word so uh appreciate that and uh and appreciate you talking to us about it so what uh what else uh you know we're in as we said we're in the midst of the spring season don't want to uh to let you go without talking a little bit about what's uh what's caught your attention in some of the spring sports up in uh, in your part of the state right now 
Well, you know, uh, we know that everyone's playing like Monday through Friday next week. That's the <laughs> first part, which is going to be interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be a little tight here coming down the road. I mean, both uh, both Torrington uh, baseball and and softball will uh, will make the states. Torrington baseball is at uh, eight and six right now. Softball is uh, eight and four on the Berkshire side of it. You know, your Thomaston uh, Golden Bears. You know, you know they're always going to be uh, in the mix. The team that just simply loves to go to uh, to championships and. You know, this is the last hurrah, really, because that senior group, mm-hmm. this is it. You know, uh, you know, base softball wise. So um, we'll see how far they go. Holy Cross knocked them off last year in the in the championship game, as we remember. Torrington uh, base, I mean, sorry, Thomaston baseball actually uh, having a pretty terrific year. They're nine and three right now. Won the last seven in a row, including beating uh, Chapag last Friday. And Chapag was only their third loss. Um, you know, in baseball, so nice to see. We have a little home connection there. One of my best writers and one of the better writers in the state of Connecticut, Rob Wilson. Mm-hmm. His son Jonathan is the second baseman, now, and I'm not going to say knowing him since he was six years old. You kind of <laughs> like to watch the kid grow up and sure. play for the Golden Bears, so it's not a bad thing. Um, so you know they're doing well, and um, we had talked to you know before we went on the air. We are going to be holding our second annual. Um, all Litchfield County Sports Torrington High School Team Banquet on June 9th. Um, what we do is we ask the coaches at Torrington for two players from fall, winter, and spring. Uh, we hold the banquet where we kind of celebrate the excellence of what each sport has to bring. In some cases, these are not necessarily the sports that get all the attention. Um, we have the mayor of Torrington, Eleanor Carbone, Michelle Cook, our state representative, come and each, give each kid a certificate from the state and from the city, uh, respectively. They get a nice custom-made polo shirt from us. So we kind of celebrate, you know, these don't have to be the stud athletes either. These right. are the kids that, you know, you're going to be a good athlete, you're going to be good in the community, and you're going to get the good grades. Um, uh, very well received last year, so we're looking to do it uh, this year. I think Thomaston might be on board with us next year. So, you know, celebrate all the kids that are doing the right thing, because that's our motto at, at Litchfield County Sports, is catch them doing something right. You know, we see bad news all the time on the front page and turn on the TV, but, you know, we try to celebrate what's going on right in our communities because, let's face it, you know, nine out of ten of the kids out there are doing the right thing, but Absolutely. all we hear about is the one. Yep, no question about it, and uh, and that's one of the things we, we like to uh, to celebrate on this podcast as well. So that's why we, uh, on, on occasion, like to reach out to uh, to Mr. Tim Gaffney and uh, and then check in with him and, uh, and help him spread the good word. So, Tim, as always, we appreciate you carving out a little time, and uh, good luck uh, making it through this busy spring season uh, with your sanity intact. We appreciate it. You got it. We'll see you out there someday. Always a pleasure to talk to Tim and, and do certainly appreciate his enthusiasm for the uh, the Unified Sports Program. Hope that didn't come off as uh, as too much cheerleading, but as I said, it, it really is uh, is a, a something we're very proud of here at CIAC and um, the great work that those folks do. And uh, and it's great to hear uh, how much uh, Tim has been sort of inspired by it and keeps writing about it, which we, we certainly appreciate and uh, really uh, appreciate his enthusiasm for the program. With that said, and I said we weren't going to get too much into the uh, the you know the spring sports specifically and doing the who's up, who's down, who's this, who's that, what are the best teams, the best games, all that stuff. But we are going to do it a little bit. So with that in mind, let's get on the phone with Derek Turner from Game Time to CT to talk a little high school baseball. On the phone now with Derek Turner of Game Time T- CT, who uh, covers baseball and among other things for that uh, that fine website, and uh, we're happy to have him with us here before he scampers out to another uh, Connecticut high school baseball game. Derek, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me, 
Very happy to have you with us and uh, to talk a little baseball. So let's, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of, I guess, about a month or so away maybe from the uh, the postseason kind of really kicking into gear. So we've got a, a lot of the regular season out of the way, although the weather this week has not really cooperated. But uh, trying to take kind of a big picture look at where we are with the Connecticut high school baseball season to this point. So let's start off with, uh, you know, maybe a handful of the teams and uh, and or players that have kind of impressed you the most uh, through what we've got uh, of the season thus far. Yeah, so um, as most of most of the games I see are in Central Connecticut and the CCC, and I've seen probably, I don't know, 12 or 14 teams there. I can't really keep track. I seem like, feel like I'm at a game every day. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, early on, uh, Northwest Catholic was... I think they they won their first seven in a row or eight in a row, and they were, um, and they're coming off their Class S state championship, and they have a lot of guys back from last year. So that was that's definitely a fun team to watch. And when I saw them, they had a walk off, and they played a bunch of close games, and maybe lost a couple recently. But that's definitely uh, kind of one of the smaller schools in Central Connecticut that could definitely uh, do some damage later on, especially since they play some of these bigger schools during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, another Early on, I saw Bristol Eastern, um, and they, they've been kind of under the radar a little bit. In this past week, they made our top 10 poll on Game Time CT, so I Bristol Eastern's been solid for the last few years, and they have some pitching, and they kind of have a solid team there. So that's definitely, definitely a team. So and I saw their number one pitcher, Nate Carney, throw early on against Norwich Free Academy, and he looked pretty good. And he's probably one of the top pitchers, at least in Central Connecticut. Um, let's see. Um, actually, New Britain. I saw against Newington last week, and that was that was a fun team to watch. They're they're always loose on the bench, and they're cheering for their teammates, and they're they're making a lot of noise. And I'm sure some of the some of their opponents can get sick of it, but they're <laughs> definitely having fun, and they have they have a solid team. They have uh, William Homar, their pitcher, who I saw, and he's he's a sophomore, and he pretty much shut down pretty good Newington team so and that's that's definitely a, a fun team to watch what and about then, uh, oh I'm sorry go ahead yeah no um and a few other like South Windsor beat East Catholic last week and that was maybe a surprise to some people um East Catholic coach Martin Fiore was kind of said he's still trying to feel some things out he lost some guys from last year's pretty good team, but South Windsor is a young team that their coach, uh, Mike McDermott, said is overachieving at this point, and that's, that's definitely an interesting story in South Windsor. What about uh, what about any kind of surprises uh, so far this season? You just mentioned that that South Windsor team that maybe uh, has has snuck up on people a little bit. What uh, what are some other, uh, any other interesting kind of teams that have, uh, that maybe weren't Part of the conversation in the in the preseason as as teams to watch that have that have surprised some people so far this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, in 
when I'm talking about the teams that I've uh, maybe not seen yet, I actually keep getting messages on Twitter from a kid from Tolland, and he kind of wants me to go out there and see them, and it's it's quite a long drive for me, so I haven't been out there yet. But Tolland, at uh, right now, they're seven and three, and they've beat a few. They actually beat Bristol Eastern for the Lancers' only loss. So uh, Tolland is definitely one that's kind of under the radar. Um, I think the biggest story statewide for a team that's surprising everyone is Hamden. Mm-hmm. Um, I they won their first few games, and then I talked to their coach for my weekly notebook and there was no jinx there they've they're 10 and 2 right now and they're beating almost they're they're beating everyone they should and even the teams that are some of the top teams in the SEC um they were really excited after the Notre Dame West Haven win the first time and now they've beaten them twice um and just hammed in with uh, Ron Grant, their pitcher who's mm-hmm. committed to Central Connecticut, I believe. Is I've given up maybe one run in four starts this year. Right. So that's definitely that's definitely a a team to keep an eye on, especially as the tournament gets going and they maybe make a run to against Amity in class double L, who actually Lost yesterday for the first time since um, the SEC tournament last year to Cheshire, but Amity is still they're still the team to beat. And they they're coming off they've won three straight state championships. Right. So that's uh, we may get a little shakeup in the poll this next week, but Amity is still um, the team with the target on its back. I believe this year. Yeah, when you uh, so you you mentioned your your feels like you're out, uh, uh, you know, at a game almost every day, weather permitting. What are are there any interesting teams uh, that you haven't seen yet that you're really kind of intrigued by? And uh, as you kind of look at the rest of the the regular season schedule before we head into the uh, to the postseason, obviously, where I'm sure you'll be out uh, out as well. But what uh, are there any teams kind of that 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 are interesting to you that you haven't gotten a chance to see yet that you really want to uh, kind of get a feel for? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm based in the middle of the state, so I don't really get to see any of the FCAC teams, but uh, Darianne has been at the top of that conference basically all year, and that seems I'm always looking to see what their scores are like. Um, and then the other interesting one around there was Staples, mm-hmm. who had a really rough start after being number two in our preseason poll. But looks like now they've kind of maybe figured it out a little bit. They had a few injuries that have hurt them, but Staples has won three in a row to this point, and they have Division One talent on that team. So that's that's a team you don't you may not want to see, even though their record is kind of around five hundred. Um, and then. I mean, the shoreline is always kind of the the small schools, class S or class M, that no one, not no one, but maybe gets overlooked. But um, Morgan, Cromwell, East Hampton, 
um, and then Valley Regional and HK. I saw those two, mm-hmm. but there are some maybe the top five teams in the shoreline could maybe do some damage on tournament time. Very good. We will certainly uh, keep an eye on all of that. And uh, so you mentioned tournament time, and, and we're not going to make you uh, go out on a limb and uh, and you know do any. Uh, long-term predictions here is obviously, you know, you don't uh, know how the pairings are going to shape out and anything like that, but what just sort of generally, uh, you know, would you say you're kind of expecting to see, or maybe you're sort of think is the most likely kind of things that, uh, that we'll see as we head through the regular season and into the, the CIC tournaments that will uh, be pay- taking place in late May, early June. Yeah. I mean, when we're, when we're talking about maybe the largest class double L, Amity is definitely going to be there. They've been there the last three years, and one loss doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. for them. Um, another one, Southington, has started a little slow, but they've they've won about five in a row now, and Southington's been there. So I feel like some of those larger schools, even if they had maybe a rough patch or lost a few games, few more games than they wish. Some of those schools that have been there the last few years, um, I, I think will definitely win at least a few games. Um, and you throw Berlin in there as another one who's been, been a team who in the past has maybe done some damage in, in the tournament. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be some surprises. I know last year we had Northwest Catholic win. I think they were the they were the lowest seed in a while. Um, and when I just when I go through the rankings here and there, there's some teams who lost a few early, but now have won. I don't know seven or eight in a row. East Lime is one that comes to mind. I think I tweeted about them the other day. They started out. 0 oh, and 4, and now they've won eight straight, or eight and four now. So mm-hmm. um, there's definitely going to be some surprises, and come tournament time, you never really know. One game in baseball, if you get the right pitcher throwing, or if you have uh, one hit, one hit could change a game, and one one team moves on, the other one goes home. Yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe, uh, maybe you know. Although you, as you mentioned, there there do seem to be some teams who have uh, who find themselves in the finals a lot. Maybe the most unpredictable of any of the uh, the spring sports uh, in terms of how the uh, the championships end up playing out. But we are uh, we are looking forward to it and uh, and looking forward to to seeing you out on the road uh, covering a little more baseball. We won't make you get into. Uh, you know, going through your various collection of rain gear and uh, and talking about all your umbrellas and uh, you know what your favorite raincoat is, any of that. We'll uh, we'll leave that for our our fashion centric CIC cast that we do a little later in the year. But uh, we know you're uh, enjoying yourselves out there and and taking in some good baseball in Connecticut. So we uh, appreciate you uh, finding a little time before you head out to the park to talk to us, Derek. Thanks. Absolutely. I just I hope the sun comes out pretty soon. I'm sick of wearing boats out to baseball games it's supposed to be a summer sport agreed agreed all the way around we're just hoping that uh, mother nature's just getting it all out of her system before the uh, we get to tournament time so that that would be a, a welcome break so thanks derek and uh, we'll talk to you soon absolutely thank you
Thanks so much to Derek. Uh, had a good conversation there with him as uh, we start laying out uh, the spring sports. As we said, before we know it, we'll get to uh, to tournament time. We're going to be releasing pairings, and then who knows what can happen as we head into uh, the stretch and into the tournament time and into our championships, which will be early in June. So we thank him for being with us, just as we thank Tim Gaffney of LitchfieldCountySports.com and John Nash of the Norwalk Hour for uh, carving out a little time for us. Always appreciate those folks being willing to come on and chat with me and uh, about whatever I happen to feel like talking about this week. So we, uh, we are very grateful for that, and we are grateful for you for listening to us this week on the CIAC cast. As I said, hope to uh, get back into a little bit more of a regular, at least every other week schedule. And we do have some some hopefully interesting conversations that I've got in the pipeline uh, coming up a little bit different. And then we will start getting into, uh, you know, really focusing in on the, on the championships and the spring sports as things start to, uh, to heat up, wind down first in the regular season, then heat up with tournament play. So keep an eye out for that. As always, you can, uh, you can, Ah, man, I cannot talk today. You can subscribe to the uh, the podcast on iTunes. That's a good way to uh, to keep track of everything that's going on, get it delivered to you when uh, when it's done. Otherwise, it will be there on the uh, the CIACsports.com page under Featured Stories when we post a new one, and then there's a separate CIAC cast link where you can check out all of the uh, the previous editions of the CIAC cast and uh, check out everything that's going on. So we hope you will uh, will do any or all of those things. Once again, thank you to all of our guests for being with us. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports, Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. Have anything you'd like to email me about, you can do so. The email address is CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. I am Joel Cookson. Until next time, we thank you very much for being with us. Hope you'll join us again for another edition of the CIAC Cast. Mm-hmm.